You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. 675 podcasts. Goes fast. That's a lot. Goes fast. That's a lot of you and I talking. Some of you have actually gone back and said <laughs> you've watched it from podcast one or listened from podcast one. Thank you for that. We are now doing a live podcast every 25 podcasts. So this is 675. We'll do another one at 700. We'll just go ahead and talk That's about 700 like it's happening. It's Man. craziness. It's craziness. But Amazing. At these uh, 25 intervals, uh, we do all questions. So this is all car questions tonight. I know you may get off into the weeds, and some of those might get answered, but mainly we're going to focus on car questions. We have lots to discuss. Before we get too far into all of your great questions, and thank you for watching and being with us. And you're on a new place. You're on the Test Drive channel, That's right. Which is cool. Right. I have to say thank you already to all of you that have watched or are planning on watching the GR86 MX5 yes. RF video that was part of Season 10, and we dropped it on YouTube as of today, and it's already playing very well. Thank you. Please share. Please watch. There's lots more coming on that. We're, we're compressing, as you probably noticed, our TV seasons to be closer on the other platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's played mm-hmm. on Motor Trend. It's on Amazon Prime right now and Vimeo, for those of you overseas who want to see it that way. And we're slowly working the season out to YouTube. But that one dropped today. We have our road trip piece coming in a couple weeks, which I'm very excited <laughs> about. We have a really big car announcement coming soon which we can't actually talk about yet yeah but no watch that 86 that piece because it's very cool yes uh mandy's saying we need a larger table for all the merchandise <laughs> guys thank you for watching for joining us for sure if you're listening to the audio podcast thanks for joining on the podcast as well we love having your all your car questions and we usually post on mondays and thursdays just on social media just for the you know the hot topics whatever's going on in the car world and then always send your debates your topic tuesdays and your car conclusions Hopefully you guys like car conclusions as well because we love mm. hearing from people writing in and you wouldn't believe how many emails. I mean, I know yeah. we've kind of asked for it. And, but and we love it. it, it it's truthfully, happening. But it is a, a just so, a, man, it's a waterfall of emails, which is wonderful. It's great. It's great. We have a lot of great sponsors we have to mention as we go through this. I'm going to say right up front, we've got our new friends at carparts.com that are helping us. They're helping yeah. with all kinds of stuff. And of course, Covercraft has been with us forever. Yes. And they are still with us, which is awesome, There's, by the uh, way. Carparts.com CMO just tweeted at us. Yes, I noticed uh, today. which is really great. You can yeah. go to our sponsors tab on our website, and you can actually see there who all our sponsors are. But more importantly, the discounts that are available to you from all of our sponsors, most of them give discounts, which is really, really cool. Yep. I love that. And um, I, I'm just glad that we're able to do the show because of them. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, we also are going to be driving on our part two road trip with our cars of the past very soon. We're going to be uh, headed out and recording that. Guys, thank you for all the questions. I say we just dive right in. Definitely. And yep. uh, Gosh, they're flying in. There's, there's some good ones actually on social media earlier, and I can't imagine why we didn't get too many likes on the Beaver Teefed M440i mm-hmm. that we're currently driving. Yes. But, uh, mm-hmm. This was the foundation of the show when people come up to us and say, hey, you know something about cars. And Theoretically. We're looking yeah. for the next, you know, whatever. And so what I can do now is point them to this test drive channel mm-hmm. because when we get press cars that don't become part of comparisons, TV shows, you know, longer term kinds of cars, they go on the test drive. And it's just an initial quick reaction. We've lived with it for about a week. And what's it like? And so this, that's where all these cars live. If you haven't been to this channel before, you're discovering the litany of various cars. But what we are doing is if there's a car in a TV comparison, then we'll separately drive it for test drive. We used mm-hmm. to call them fast blast, but it's now over here on test drive. 
we now have an auto parts partnership with carparts.com. Carparts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle, start shopping, and start saving. It really is that simple. Carparts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you, and they're offering even more savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit carparts.com slash everydaydriver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at carparts.com. I continually wonder what BMW is thinking sometimes because just initial impressions, you're walking up to the M440 and actually the proportions are really great. And then you walk around to the front and think, <laughs> and that happened. What? Yeah. What? What's going on? And then you know we're seeing all the i4 and the iX coming out and all this stuff. So it's it's uh, interesting, nonetheless. I'd love to give a design critique to uh, to all of them, but right now they're they've been beaver teethed. Probably they're probably beaver teethed. R Diamond says the matching game. Can we match the aspiration type to the road type for ultimate fun? He's saying like. What would, where would an naturally aspirated go? Where would turbocharged go? Where would supercharged go for commuting, canyon carving, et cetera? I will say for big open highways, you need a big monster engine. Mm. If you're doing mm-hmm. like Highway 50, you're going through Nevada, okay. you're doing okay. that big stuff. You need the big, that's where the V8 is awesome because you just, you can see to the horizon point. You know, the vanishing point of the horizon is out there. Put and You the just pedal need that down. big engine. I, I Look, everybody's going to disagree on this because I think this is fighting words. But, in fact, you and I go back and forth on this. Even though we live in the mountains, I actually really like naturally aspirated stuff like the 86 or the Miata on mountain roads. Now, the problem is you get to altitude mm-hmm. and you wish mm-hmm. you had that turbo punch because the engine gets a little wheezy in comparison to what it would be like if it had a turbo. But I just like the throttle response of naturally aspirated. So that's the reason that, re- that responds to me. But I do think if you're doing can- Canyon carving at major altitude, you're probably going to want the turbo. Yeah, and I hear you on the throttle response, more progressive, linear kind of feel mm-hmm. rather than light switchy kinds of stuff. I, I do agree. Jeremy Mo, thanks for joining on the podcast. I see you on uh, on the live stream as well. And he writes into us a, a little bit earlier question: What non EV car do we think would be the most improved by becoming an EV? And mm. I keep coming back to vintage cars because they're so scary to own and maintain and dump money into. Because of the reason, 928 reasons. And so I think, what if the old cars that you thought will just sit and you'll take them to a Cars and Coffee and you won't take them out and enjoy them otherwise? Mm. What if you could get more mileage out of them just by converting to EVs? Easier said than done. It's expensive, I know. But I think that will only preserve some cars that mm-hmm. wouldn't otherwise have you know, been looked at. And I... 912s. I keep coming back to 912 portions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great platform because they're still kind of unloved. You know, the EVs for that and and some older supercars because parts availability, sobs, maybe. I hope my brother-in-law Daniel is watching. And maybe, you know, other... The old stuff, the super old mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and you keep it going just by uh, by virtue of EVs. It's not necessarily new cars because every manufacturer will eventually have some sort of family hauler and maybe a sports car, and we're certainly getting into pickup trucks that are all EVs now. Mm-hmm. So they'll have offerings for everything. 
Uh, Curtis, this is what happens when you look at computer screens for a long time. Eventually, your eyes just go, I'm out, I'm sorry, you need glasses. And that's what happens in this regard. So that's how that's happening. Uh, Robert actually says, why do we rarely recommend the Porsche 996 on the podcast? For those of you that don't speak Porsche, let me translate. This is the I speak first. I, I am well aware. Right here. Yes, and the shirt tells the story. We are all very well. This is why I need to be the one to explain this. Watch our 50 years of 911 where we drive all of the Porsches and we talk about them. The, the thing about the 996 is it's the first water-cooled Porsche. So it's the first kind of modern Porsche, if you will. And there's a lot of things about it that are good. The problem is it hasn't aged well. It wasn't attractive. Mm -hmm. It was unloved to begin with. We talk about it on the 50 years of 911 as there's two parts of it. It is a fantastic sports car for the money. I think it is the least 911 of the 911s, which is kind of a weird place to be. I mean, I'm really cutting it fine here to say that. There's a lot of things about it that are much to love. Chance is currently yelling at me because he has one and loves it very much. <laughs> Probably, uh, yeah. I know he is. It's fine. But <laughs> but I think it, it's becoming more respected because it's the 911 that is good, somewhat modern, that people can afford. But the problem is it has aged really badly inside. Some people don't like the next gen, like the early 2000s. When this is the 996 is like 98, 99 to 2006. Color helps. That $8,000 boxer that we had for the cheap sports car challenge. Yes. It was helped by the matte gray and then the contrast of black yeah, buttons but and black is, seats. Is, it's and, like saying I'm getting used to beaver teeth. It's not a good interior. It's not the greatest. And it hasn't aged well. It was a it low point. That, it has that 90s tacky plastic stuff it's about a low it point to begin for sure. with. So this is one of the things. Because what you're going to do, if you're going to want a good one of those, you're going to spend 20 plus grand for a good one. And now you're getting into lots of competition that is going to feel more modern and that kind of stuff. And then if you're looking for like a definitive 911, that's not the one either. So it's a weird oddball. Patrick McGee is saying to us, good evening. He listens to the podcast at 1.5 times the speed. So this is a little bit different. We must be. Wow. Yeah. We talk fast to begin with. If you speed <laughs> us up, that is terrifying. Uh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Nirmit uh, Shukla says, can we get some Swedish love? What classic Swede would we own? Well, I have to admit that my brother-in-law, Daniel, has discovered Sobs. And I, they had <laughs> never news. turned my terrifying, head. Terrifying, but not news. They had never turned my head. And he has loved cars again because of Saab. And mm. so they have three of them in the family now. But I love that this is the, the funnel through which car ownership and car love has happened. So absolutely, I, I think they're great. And you know what? I have to admit they're built really well. They feel very yeah. Euro yeah. and they're built so well. Even the older ones are built amazingly well. We're looking for something even more you know, dynamically interesting, amazing. But the engines run. They're well built. There's great turbo punch. If that's what you love, absolutely. So, you know, we love all the Volvos as well. Pretty much every Volvo model right now is just such a standout. So we recommend those to, you know, anybody kind of tired of all the Germans and the, mm -hmm. you know, all the other offerings. Volvos are so great. Uh, we just had a, a super chat come through, so I'll, I'll jump right in there. Thoughts on the 718 Cayman GTS as a daily? My main concern is that the gear ratios will sap some of the fun out of everyday driving. That is the problem. That is a car with really long gear ratios. And let's, let's be candid that the reason that long gear ratios exist is for a 0 to 60 time. That because it yeah. because we don't want to have the extra shifts. Yeah, there were a couple of years there where the WRX actually you had to get to third. I think the new one is this way. You had to get to third to hit sixty, and it killed the zero to sixty time. So you get in with a lot of really tall gearing. I think you would still enjoy the seven one eight Cayman GTS as a daily. I think it'd be hard for you to not enjoy that car as a daily. I also think you're going to drive it and be aware that you are not even getting close to what it what it can do. I think you're just going to know. I think you're going to be like, yeah, this is fun. 
I have to go. I think you're going to be driving it feeling like I need to take this somewhere and ring it out. Which Absolutely. Is good, which would be great. Which is the GTS flavor. That's why I mm-hmm. love the GTS. And when you use it to everything it's been designed for, tracking Canyon daily, then you really start to feel like it's useful and justify the cost. But I agree. They're up there. E&D asks if we think the materials make for the bad design of the interior of an older car, like the 993. <laughs> We're coming back. Yeah. Coming back to it. Got it. They certainly can. Good materials, long-lasting materials can certainly give you a better sense, a better feel of that, and, and I do appreciate that. But sometimes bad design and bad materials kind of go hand in hand. I hate to say it. What else you got over there? Uh, lots of things coming in. A couple of questions happening about the East Coast meetup. We are going to do an East Coast meetup. We had a conversation originally about doing uh, Blue Ridge Parkway and doing Tale of the Dragon and that kind of stuff. But one of the things we're trying to do on these uh, these four corners or four points road trips is show a road you may not have seen a lot of coverage on. You may have heard about it but not seen coverage on it. We know those have been covered. So we're probably going to go. Look, I'm going to go this close. We're going to go somewhere between Chicago and New York. It's like the Simpsons when yeah. they point out where their house is. Yes. And they look the, at the, the, four the, the, five, the five states that border Springfield. States, exactly. Yeah, that none of them are anywhere close to each other. Sure. No, but it's going to be between Chicago and New York. It's going to be up in that area. We are going to do that right around Memorial Day. We're still locking in dates on that. It'll be around Memorial Day. We will go out there for a shoot. We'll drive out. We'll do a shoot. We'll also have a meetup with probably a one-day drive. I'm looking forward to that. We, there will be more details coming on that. A quick update on things happening, I mm. shouldn't say this. Okay. We are going to be at Radwood in Austin at the end of February. So if you're, if you're right. going to come to Radwood, please right. do. By the way, speaking of shirts, currently at Blipshift, <laughs> Mandy's going to be very happy with me. We have two Radwood-themed shirts to go with our cars. They are available right now if you order immediately. We're pretty sure Blipshift will have them to you before Austin. There's an event right behind that. I think it's Amelia. I'm not sure. I'm, somebody's going to, Mandy's going to correct me that you can also definitely have them for, but those are Radwood shirts that are happening right now. Yours, for, you have a really cool back to the future esque 928. Oh, one. I so love awesome. it's and so I've got cool. a pretty fun, uh, 300 ZX twin turbo one. We will be wearing those at the Radwood thing, but you could also have one as well. So that's end of February. We're going to an East Coast meetup in May. Mm-hmm. We're doing pilgrimage the end of June into July 4th week and first shot across the bow. Registration for pilgrimage is going to go up in March. You're going to have a month because it's coming fast. We're going to have, but we're going. So if you want to come on pilgrimage this year, that is when it's going to happen. Yes. And then we'll do a North trip later in the year. Well, this is all in addition to shooting episodes oh, yeah. for oh, season yeah. 11 that mm-hmm. debuts July 2 on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. So <laughs> we're just beginning. I'm just starting to send emails to all the mm. manufacturers with all of our ideas to say what's possible. When can we get this? We're fitting in shoot dates and travel in between all of those other things. So we're, we're a little busy, but it's great. We love it. And thank you guys for being along with us. I've got a singerized question from R. Harris. If money was not an issue, would I singer the 928 and mm. then do the equivalent? Yes, to you, the 300ZX. Mm. I would certainly do the 928. You would do it for sure, yeah. I would if I mean if we're talking no object here, I'd do too. I'd do the singer safari overlanding and then, you know, perfect mm-hmm. singerized 928. Yeah. And it'd be amazing and new interior and I just I I like that concept and in addition to electrifying the older models, I do like the idea of taking beloved older cars. Mm-hmm. You know, the launches from yeah, yeah, yeah. the 70s and 80s, you know, just tasty cars that weren't built very often. Mm. Uh, Iso Revoltas, Iso Grifos, 
amazing stuff, you know, low volume kinds of things and doing it with those cars and proliferating it. But the problem is, of course, money. They're only for, you know, the super high end buyer. So I just, I love that they're out there and being done. It's just, mm. we can't have them. I don't know that I would do the 300ZX uh, stick. I'm not sure that it's, I think, I think. It's not I that would, it's not worthy. It's no, just, just not right for that car. I, I feel like that car is one of those cars that has aged well enough. It doesn't need it yet. You know, some cars are, are yeah. as they age yeah. really well, they start to feel really old. The 300ZX has somehow kind of avoided that. Uh, but at the same time, I would keep a nice pile of cash next door to keep it running in top shape. A pile of cash? Yes. Just, I bought the house next door to I, keep my pile of cash That's where the pile in. of cash lives. Of course it is. Right. Absolutely. It's also called the bank. Derek Miller says, for $100,000, would you go GTS 4.0 or would you go 2016 GT4? I think you want the 4.0, don't you? You want the 4.0. I think definitely. so. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. There's also a question from Hal B here. I saw it earlier. Oh, information about the GR Corolla. We're not sure yet. We're, we're teased just a little bit, but car companies, especially Toyota, they're very careful about releasing information to mm-hmm. journalists because they know, we'll, uh, you know we're tempted to spill the beans. But we haven't heard very much either. We're, we're seeing just as much as anybody else on you know any car, car site. So. Uh, Skyler on Super Chat says, massive fan. Thank you, man. You've been with us since 08? That's, You're kidding that's the me. beginning. By the way, 07 Skyler, was when you. it started. We are going to have to do a 15-year anniversary. This is our 15th year, 15-year anniversary video in July of this year and probably just sit around dumbfounded and look at each other and say, get off my lawn because we're old guys now. I don't know what we're going to do for 15 years. <laughs> but anyway, he says, what's the worst <laughs> rental car experience we've had? He's just asking. Do you, can you think of one off the top of your head? Worst rental yes. Car oh, good. Oh, Please, oh. please, go. Yes. It was the base Mitsubishi Lancer. Oh, Base, 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 base. Mm-hmm. And I rented it and I had to drive from LA to San Diego and it was terrible. That sounds the awful. The suspension, yes. the doors, the doors were, oh, just imagine the worst metallic sound ever. You can lo- the lose seats were bad. Outdoors. The seats were right out of the Evo from that They era. were the seats that they put in later exactly. when they lost their Recaro license and they put them in the last version of the Evo exactly. and ruined the car. It's like, oh, I know these. These are out yeah, of the Evo. Yeah, that's horrific. And just the materials and it was stinky and it didn't look good and it, it was awful but that's what okay. they gave me so you win it you is win. what it I, is i will leave that alone yes brendan t says for me foam cannon is clearly safer than any bucket method it certainly is but how close is it in thoroughness percentage estimate would be appreciated is it 80 percent as good 90 percent as good it depends on the amount of dirt on 86.2 percent is good <laughs> very the definitive i'm putting that in the ground yeah <laughs> stake in the ground it is uh, well. Again, it depends on the amount of dirt on your car. If it's something that you know, like a a drive-through spray-only wash, would not do that great of a job on, and it would just kind of clean it up a little bit. You know, you're going to want to do the hand wash. But if it's light dust, it's been a week since washing. Absolutely, the foam cannon. So we'll go with seventy-five percent somewhere in there. <laughs> what else? What else you got? Somebody's asking if we've driven the MR2 with the uh, the engine swap for the Elise, the Elise engine swap. We have not. I would love to. <laughs> the question always comes up, is this the uh, the cheap Elise? And in many ways it is, but um, it's, I mean, it's not, let's be honest, I really like that car. It's not nearly as cool as the Elise, but at a third of the price, pretty compelling. Han Chan says, where do we record this? Is it the same place we record the regular podcast? Yes, indeed. So the live mm-hmm. stream is now going to be on this test drive channel here. That will remain. And then this will be episode 675, just existing as a regular podcast, as if we took all of your car questions without the camera on us. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see. There was some Corolla cross. <laughs> Why does this exist? Oh, 86 yeah. That, Monty that was it. is asking this. Why does this exist? Um, 
product planners. That's why Toyota because Toyota looked at the Crosstrek Mm -hmm. being sold as fast as they can make them and said, "We want a piece of that." What do we have that's similar? Corolla Cross. I I'm horrified because it's not like Toyota doesn't have what like 16 CUVs of some kind that are all squashed in that middle ground. I mean, between Toyota and Lexus, they probably have more than a dozen of those cars. Why mm-hmm. they need another one is beyond me. What I don't like about it is it's the same thing that Mitsubishi is doing with the Eclipse, the Eclipse Cross. There's the other thing that influenced Toyota. You're taking a name that was <laughs> that was a, a car Can't and you're making it into an SUV. Yeah. I just yeah, but it is them looking honestly. It's the Crosstrek and Mitsubishi doing that with the Eclipse and going. We have branding. We could make yet another SUV. It doesn't need to exist. It does exist. <sighs> I want to pull people over. Just put a light on the top of my car, driving an eclipse cross, and say, <laughs> "What are you first doing?" First of all, walk me through the steps that led you here. What are you like, doing? Whiteboard it out for me. Talk to me about all the things you walked past <laughs> exactly. when you bought your Corolla now Cross. Can I show yeah. you this list of really juicy, great things? Uh, Austin jumps back in here with a super chat. If asking if we will ever do a video on the 2003 or 04 SVT Terminator Cobra. Cool car with a cool story. Yes, absolutely it is. I know where there's one mm-hmm. uh, about 10 miles from here, but the owner doesn't drive it very much. It just kind of sits, and it's in that category of special cars and coffee. We'll take it out for the 200-mile-an-hour blast on some unnamed road, impress all your friends, and then it gets parked for six months or something. The, the problem the problem is that that's a car that the people that already like it will watch that video and I don't think anybody else will show up. Certainly. That's, that honestly is the biggest reason, Austin, that it's a struggle to put to, because what we'd have to do is put it with something else of the era or something else current that would bring in everybody that doesn't care about that car because everybody that likes it would show up and then it would be crickets. So that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do understand that, uh, Han, Han Chen, you were asking about, is this where we record the podcast oh, yes. normally? Yeah. Yes, we sit right here like this without this the it. camera running. <laughs> this is how it normally goes. That picture is always there. So the, this isn't, but that picture is always there. So this is how this happens. Like to look at it all the time. Well, but but right. honestly, this is also covering up cords. <laughs> Candidly, this is covering up junk you don't want to see. And, exactly. and we just figure we'll it's show like you a stuff. Privacy yeah. screen. Mm-hmm. In front it of is. It. Yep. Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom-fitted to your exact car and include the original equipment security grommets if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, or even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Burgerlands recently bought a Mark 1 GTI project. Plans on painting it this summer. What color would we paint it? Hmm. Maybe give it the Harlequin treatment with only the shades of mundane from the Taos. <laughs> that is descriptive. Wow, See, well I done. like good That's paint really colors. Good. That's really good. That yep. is interesting. I'm going to have to think about that. But, you know, I saw an orangey gold on a 928 LS swapped car, and it was really cool, really stood out, because old car, modern paint color is pretty interesting. So something to Devin Bain is saying the Saturn Sky and Pontiac Solstice. Sky Redline and Pontiac Solstice GXP. So the turbo version of those cars. He said, why shouldn't I own one? And what should he look out for? And what the second generation that car looked like? I so wish there'd been a second generation. That was such a good first gen that I'm disappointed that 
that they didn't continue it. Forget, I don't care if the Saturn and Pontiac brand are going away. You can put that under something. Again, I'm going to say it. It should have been the Corvette lineup. It should be the cheap Corvette. It should be the Corvette Solstice. Or you call it the Corvette Sky. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It should mm-hmm. have been that. The issue with buying one is this. And we've known some people that have had one. Uh, hi to, uh, to to Nate and Ben in Chicago that explained a lot of this to us. Exactly. And, and Ben tracked that car a lot. So shout out to you, man. The, uh, the thing about them is they are a parts car. So... As you if you own one and want to do stuff to it, or update stuff to it, or find stuff to it, you can find stuff, but it's often hiding where you don't expect. I mean, like that comes off of that weird car in the GM lineup, and that comes off of that weird car. There's very little in that car outside of body panels that are bespoke, but the bespoke body panels are now rare, so your insurance is going to be higher. Yay! And you're going to have to be chasing some parts. Those, I think, are the downsides. I mean, it's got a really powerful turbo engine. They're interesting to drive. There are a lot of people out there that have got stuff that can tune them and make them even even bigger monsters than they started at. I highly recommend it if you're interested. It is the quirky alt choice. DK McClelland asks how we can have so much hate for the old 86 styling and looks, but is so in love with the new GR86. He's buying one. Is he alone in this mm. complete love-hate kind of relationship? No, I'm actually kind of with you. You are with him. I'm not with you. I like the proportions of mm-hmm. the first 86, the FRS BRZ, but I don't like the details. They're fussy mm. and they do catch your eye, but the second generation, the proportions have been enlarged and there's more swell in the surfaces. Just by looking at them, the surfaces are flatter in the first gen. There's, there's not much meat to the surface. It's just kind of a, a flat-ish surface. Look at the second generation closely, turn it around, look at the configurator, look at photos, and you'll see a lot more swell and and surface development in there and therefore to do that the details had become simpler so Mm. as to not compete it's either one or the other or it's a balance between the two and they've pushed it definitely more towards surface development for the second generation so i i like the second generation better i'm all about it you you are you are a big classier cleaner but i think it's going to look beautiful longer because that first one has its place in time in history everybody knows you know, this is the dates, this mm-hmm. is the generation, yeah. this yeah, is yeah. where it goes. And then the second one looks, because of those surfaces, looks a little bit more expensive. I, I, I agree with that. And I think that it is, I, I still think Lexus is coming with a version. I think that front. Where did you hear this rumor? I'd never I, heard this. I, I, I've you seen a couple this? places, but I thought of it. And then I've, I've read it a couple of places and who knows why, how much of it's I've even never real. seen any but news from, about that. From the, the front door panel to the, to the nose, looks like somebody in the Lexus styling department walked through and went, would you do this for us so you can help us out for later? The thing about yeah. the second gen is yeah. I agree with you that it looks classier. No question. It looks classier. But in the process of looking classier and a little more timeless, it also looks a lot like other things in the market that are also beautiful. Some Porsches, some Jaguars. The ducktail helps. Some other things have started to make it look like other things in the market. The thing I liked about the first gen is that it looked like nothing else in the market. You can see one at a distance, and you can know what that car is because it doesn't look like anything else. Mm-hmm. The second gen is classier. I think it will age very well, but it has a, a sameness or some referential stuff to other cars in the market that are pretty, so it doesn't stand out as much. So there's, there's a, a judgment call there. Uh, BJ's asking me about uh, Lotuses. He says, I love my Elise. Yes, I do. Any other Lotuses I would definitely want to possess? Drive, money, no question, is the the Elise forever. I was actually thinking about this today because I really do love that car, but I'm not driving it right now because it actually needs new tires, period. But, of course, it's winter as well, so I'm not driving it right now, and that's a little bit of a bummer. And I was thinking about it a lot. It's one of those cars that I feel like because it's so unique and because it is such a moment-in-time car, it may, may be in my life forever. 
But there's other low tie that I like mm-hmm. very much. I love the latest breeze from the early 2000s. I love those cars. Those are so they awesome. They are cool. They're but known they're to that, not that era. They yeah. look that era and they fit that. They're known to not be reliable, but oh, I do like them. That'd be a good car to singerize. That is a good one for yes. Redo that'd that be interior. An excellent one. Yes, I, 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 that's fantastic. I like that a lot. So I, I do like the the late Espris. I'm a fan of the Evora, but I think because it's built on the Evora, the Amira is going to blow it out, and I am unhealthily interested in an Amira. And I have no idea where that financial reality comes from. I really, really would like one. Yeah. Because I think the Elise is one bookend of like the pinnacle of Lotus. And I think the Amira is going to be the other. And it'd be really cool to own them both. But we shall see. We've got an Amira question here from Jihash Mm -hmm. asking if they should get one. Would it be really two and a half times better than his 86? (laughs) Well, see, we don't go by Mm, two and a half uh times. We go by percentage here at Everyday Driver. We do, yes. I think it would be 83% better than your (laughs) GRA6. I don't know. We don't know. (laughs) But ultimately, I actually, funny you bring that up, I emailed our friends at Lotus just yesterday and they're definitely looking at a, a little bit further down the road in 2022. We don't quite know a, a date yet, but the Lotus Driving Academy is advertised on the website for Utah Motorsports Campus. Mm-hmm. So if you go there, they're building up what it says is spring 2022. The Driving Academy is there. We definitely want to get there ourselves. So there might be a mirrors you can come tease yourself and then cry in your soup later you know, knowing you can't have one quite yet, but, uh, but that is coming. So we love the fact that the track is building up that driving experience because the Ford performance school asphalt school went to Charlotte motor speedway, but mm-hmm. they kept the truck operations here, which means they bring the Raptor ever. Bronco snake dinosaur. They ah! will. Yes. We'll, we'll stack all the animals on top of each other and launch it out there. You really do need to do that. Logo. I can do I variations of like the bird fighting the dinosaur, whipping the snake. Per- and know. then we'll make a shirt. Let's yeah. be honest. We yeah, make we that, that everything all in shirt. Uh, Brendan is asking me. He's calling me out and saying, didn't I say that if the new 86 came out that I would buy one to put my money where my mouth is? And that whole thing we say, look, if you, we love used cars here at Everyday Driver. You can get a lot of car for your money buying used. But the only way that manufacturers know to keep making great, fun cars is if those of us that can afford to buy them new, buy them new. So the manufacturer goes, right. we can actually make money on that. There is actually a market. Yes, well, I hear you. That's why the Corolla Cross or oh, its ilk no. comes out and product planners know people will buy it and the buying yeah. public responds by mm-hmm. buying it. And so it justifies the no, product planners stop. decision making. So if we did the same for sports cars or You're right. something if, like that, if we, we were buying sports send cars, a message. You are calling me out and I am, it's, I'm not immune to this. I am aware of the fact it would be really good to buy one and show Toyota that we like it that much. And all I can say is do not think it's not in my mind. Mm. Super six five. I found the tall person question. Most comfortable car for a six foot six person under thirty five thousand hmm. dollars. I was initially thinking the new Genesis cars, the GV eighty, uh, the G eighty. They're big and you, you can really fit well in those. But then when we apply a thirty five thousand dollar price cap, okay, maybe you're going a large sedan like that. But remember the old Genesis. Does he, is he looking for sports cars or just cars? It in doesn't general? say. Just a comfortable car. Just C6 straight up Corvette. Comfortable. I mean that. Absolutely. For uh, for a sports car. C6 yes. Corvette would be surprisingly comfortable. For sure. But, you know, if you're just looking for a big SUV or cruiser, I still look to Genesis at any price point. They're they're fantastic. Uh, Jorge is, at, is saying, is interacting with a car ever choked us up? Meeting your heroes. He said, oh, uh, like a Ferrari 250 GTO. Good. He said he met one and his emotional response surprised him. I, I, yes is the short answer, but I'm, I'm going to... 
tee up something. We have an episode coming mm. that was part of season 10. If you haven't seen it already, it's episode one of season 10 where we actually drive our inspiration cars, the cars that were like the, the things that pulled us in and made us car guys. And then we drive our current old cars, the cars mm-hmm. that like made us realize we should start this show and how much we loved cars. So we wound up in the 928 and the 300ZX, but we started with the Testarossa and the E-Type. And that is a very, very different piece for us. And it, yeah. and, I, and I will say this, have, once I got it finished, I realized that is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. So episode one, because it is so different, it is just our car origin stories. Uh, that is probably close to what you're talking about there. I hope that you all will watch it. It will come to YouTube, but it's a little ways out yet. It is already available on Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. uh, Vimeo, and it is also rerunning on Motor Trend soon. Jason Kang is asking for recommendations for which cars to drive at Pacatel. Mm. It's the Porsche Experience Center, Atlanta, at the airport. Bought a GR Super recently and is thinking about driving a Cayman S or a 911 Carrera to see how close close Toyota got to a Porsche. I have recommendations, and it has to do with how you currently drive your Supra. Now, if mm. you've gone to track days or canyon driving, but the biggest thing that we found out when we went was the instructor said, we're here to teach fun driving and driving mm. techniques and extracting the most out of a rear-engine car and a mid-engine car. What do you want to learn? Do you want a sampling of everything? Have you done that? Are you kind of averse to that? You don't want skid pad? You tell us and we'll kind of craft it for you. But ultimately, their entire headspace was, we're here to teach driving instructions so you can get better as a driver. We just happen to be doing them in Porsches. That's their instructor headspace. And then, of course, they can show you, all right, the differences between rear and mid-engine in that same corner on Mm -hmm. the track You'll notice your entry, your you know apex and exit speeds. You know, let's talk about that. And seat to seat time is so important. So, mostly, I want you to know replicate something you already do with your GR Supra, and you know how you like it. You like that turn in for sharp corners mm-hmm. or a, you know high speed something, and then go replicate that so you have the kind of the benchmark to compare it to. You know what I mean? I think that would be helpful. What reasonably attainable 911 am I going to own one day soon? Aaron Butler asked me, do it, do it, do it. Uh, (laughs) That's the problem. Reasonably attainable. (laughs) I still like the 3.2 Carreras. They're slow. Yeah. They're dynamically not not amazing, but I love how they look. I, I love what they do. I love what they represent. I love such the mechanical thrashy nature of them. And I also, I love the parts availability because 928 parts are out there, but they're a little scarce in some cases, like intermediate plates for a twin disc clutch. <laughs> they have to be rebuilt because Porsche doesn't make them anymore. There are stories so you have coming. to go to a machine shop mm. and gone through a 928 parts dealer, and then you have to do the core charge and get your money back. So there's that reality. I get this sense that you've, you've done no, this. Maybe. I don't know anything about that. There it should be that. a video and some discussion. Maybe that's coming. <laughs> Chris is asking, he said, car makers announced this week, specifically Ford and GM, they will be punishing dealers for markups and by withholding mm-hmm. models. Do we think this is an MP threat? I hope it's not. I was thrilled to see GM is doing it about the Z06. Ford is doing it mm-hmm. kind of across the board. They're talking about it for Bronco. They're talking about it for Maverick. They're talking about it. Let's, Ford is making things that people want to buy. And and let's actually yeah. go buy them. Yeah. There's a fantastic idea. I hope it's not an empty threat. I hope they really do withhold. We have seen, on the other side of the spectrum, we have seen some actual dealers discussed who their policy is no markups. And I respect that. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that they, they get business. Definitely. BJ says, for both of us, what is the upper limit of car weight we will tolerate in our fun but everyday cars, different values for cars uh, versus SUVs if needed? 
I come back to 3,000 pounds as the the benchmark, the the standard right in the middle. Of course, less is always excellent, but a lower weight car usually is 250 pound, uh, horsepower or less, whereas Cayman's you know, lightweight 911s, they're at the 3,000, 3,100 mark, and it gives them, you know, there's more horsepower in that. So I, I come back to, depending on the type of car, but I'll come back to 2,900, 3,000 right in there. That Mini Cooper S, the John Cooper Works Mini that mm-hmm. we just drove, mm-hmm. it's on this channel, was 2,984, somewhere in there, and it scampered. It was mm-hmm. so fun, and it, it felt light on its feet, and you could feel that, and it was you know, 2,900 pretty much fully loaded. So you could definitely feel that coming out. And it almost didn't matter those front wheel drive. So I, I love that. Of course, lighter is better. You know, we're not talking 2,200, 2,300. Ed liked us. We even pounds. have a shirt for it. I yes. get it. But mm-hmm. those kinds of cars are few and far between. Very. Uh, as a matter of fact, Chris Everett is asking what your favorite Lotus is and why is it a Caterham? <laughs> Chris drives a Caterham, by the uh-huh. way. He's yeah. a former Elise owner yeah. and drives a Caterham. Like, so. we, we just jumped right past it. No, uh, I, I love them. <laughs> I, I do. I, I they, just, are, they are very cool. It's the balance between like a GTS where you're using it for road trips and canyon driving and track driving and everything, even though I know you can do that with any car. Mm-hmm. But there's the, the solidity, I think, but that adds weight. Mm-hmm. It, it really depends on the car for me. You see Ben Prophet is writing in here on Super Chat, and he's saying uh, he's looking for two-seat GT coupe hatches. He's asking C6 Corvette. 987 mm. Cayman 370Z Z4 is he missing any the, the hatches is the thing that makes me think you're not missing any really however I do think you're talking twenty to thirty thousand dollars you're going to hear me say it Ben you're going to shake your head at me and many others are, of you are as well twenty to thirty grand you got to look at the new GR86 it's not a hatch I know it's not mm-hmm. but it has a really usable trunk that I would say rivals the usability of all the ones you've listed even though it's not a hatch and if you're shopping in that range all the other ones you're talking about you're buying used you could probably do a GR86 in that range new i'm going with cayman even though twenty thirty thousand is going to be a tough time finding the right cayman for that kind of money but ben comes to us out of honda s2000 so he's experienced that you know lightweight extremely fun kind of car but i want you to have a different engine placement experience so i'm going cayman schmidt house is asking about when the next generation mustang releases will we do a all the years of mustang epic film we've debated it i i i wonder the Mustang is an odd one for me because I, I wonder if the people that don't like Mustangs would even bother watching. I feel like it's one of those things that the people that like Mustangs will show up big time. But I Mustang feels like you're talking F-150 to people that don't like Fords. It feels okay. like that to me. Now, maybe I'm okay. wrong. Or right. Tell me I'm wrong. Right. But you know, I feel like the Corvette has some universal interest. You may not like Corvettes. You may think plastic car, but it's like, okay, Corvette, I'll watch that. 911 is the same. Mustang feels like a territorial discussion to me, and I think there's people that wouldn't watch it. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. by the idea. It's just one of those. Plus, the other th- problem with the Mustang, even more so than anything else we've done, the problem with the Mustang is which version of that model because they d- divide the Mustang into so little Which special edition new- version yes. and engine and, oh, uh, well, did yes. you get this performance pack? Oh, you don't have the because, right spec. Because the minute yeah. we get the wrong yeah. one, then it gets thrown out because you didn't get the definitive with the, with the special and the, you know. I hear you on the territorial part because 911s and Corvettes are aspirational and they seem to resonate with anybody that's thought about some kind of special car in their life someday. I've seen Porsches, I've mm-hmm. seen Corvettes. They both seem really cool, but... 
Mustangs just the, it's the huge gamut. It's either mm. collectors and they sit, or it's just you know the old resto mods, or it's just it's, you know it's you're hooning and it's like I don't want to be associated, or you know what I mean. We've so debated it's, it for sure. It's, yeah. it's a fascinating discussion. Derek is is waving the flag for all the patrons out there. Thank you for all of you that actually support us as patrons. We do have a Patreon if you're interested. There is a base level, a mid level yeah, that gets all you. of our films and TV stuff for free, and then there's upper level upper upper level we call the board members. We have a monthly board member meeting. It's really cool. It's become this. Yeah. This. I can't believe how many people are on all the calls it's now. Awesome. Yeah. But we share what we do and we get thoughts from them. That's actually really fun and we get a lot of support from it. But the biggest thing I have to call out for the patrons is if you're a patron, there is our Discord. Which, Waffle, I'm, I'm, I'm thanking you. Matt Waffleophagus, yes. when he yes. first came, my favorite avatar ever. When he first came to us and <laughs> said, you guys should create a Discord page, I was kind of like, well, people come. And it's this whole community that, that you and I it, are part nuts. of, yeah. but it's this whole great community and, and major friendships have started there. Extra drives have started there. Like parts of the country, people will get together, just know each other from Discord. Yes. It's awesome. And I love that the patrons people have finally feed into bought Discord. cars from each other. Yes. Yeah. Nate finally sold happened. his, sold his FRS, his perfect so FRS. He sold it to somebody on Discord. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Let's see. GC Angelus asks uh, about an RCF. Thank you for watching and uh, supporting the show. He's got an RCF with 7.5 thousand miles, 7,500 miles, and it's not as engaging as he thought it would be. Any recommendations mm. with the same two-door, four-seat kind of configuration he suggests M2? Yeah, certainly. You could also look at the brand, brand new 2022 BMW M240i. However, mm. all the brand new two-series coupes only come with automatic transmissions. If that's your thing and that's what you like, mm. either X-Drive or rear-wheel drive, they're only automatics. They're tuned really well, so they don't really feel like an automatic, but you would have to go backwards to the 235Is, the prior gen ending at 2021, 240i to get a manual transmission if that's what you're looking for. But those are such a weird spot in the marketplace because they're kind of high end. They're mm -hmm. a little bit more expensive, a little bit luxurious. They're BMW. There's not really too many cars that compete with that car. That's true. Audi yeah. doesn't make one. Mercedes, you know, I suppose you, uh, uh, Cayman, but... Well, you can go Jaguar F-Type, but it's not 2 plus 2 anymore. No, and you're paying a lot more. In some mm -hmm. cases, almost double, yeah, especially used. So it's it's a unique car, and you don't have to go all the way M2 if you don't want to, but somewhere in there. The, other, the old M240i is fast. It's great. <laughs> BJ on Super Chat is saying, what's the most extreme practical errand we've run in the most proportionally least practical car? I don't know that this is the most <laughs> extreme, but I will say I've done this multiple times, and that is the fast food line in the Elise because fast food, the person comes that? out of the fa I know so, sorry it, it's what are you talking you, about the places with the arches and the stuff anyway it doesn't matter the no person idea. comes out of the window and then looks down <laughs> and then what I have to do this is the best part in the summer when I've got the soft top on the window's only this big I mean this is smaller than most of the food they're going to ha hand you right yeah so I will crack the bar here and I will roll the top back to roll so I've got a big enough space to get to the food. You definitely went on the least practical car. And then there's no cup win. holders in the Elise. So nine times out of ten I either have my little Walmart like tray cup holder thing. But the best thing is to have my son in the car and be like this is for you. That's how that works. Hold this. Mm -hmm. What I like doing is almost any press car that we've got I'll turn on the seat heat to keep the Thai food warm as you're going home. <laughs> That's perfect. Crank up the seat heat. Does it have to be thai, thai food or just, just food? Usually Thai. I got like it. Thai. Good to Chinese know. Right, or something yeah. like that. You mm -hmm. Just keep it warm. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. 
And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Mongo Motors has a good point. True car guys will watch anything. Mustangs, Camaros, Challengers, doesn't matter. Mm. You're absolutely right, but there does introduce a, you know, this is this is my my team, this is my people kind mm. of thing. Whereas, I suppose you could say that, you know, we, we can dice the onion thinly, but... Uh, there's a question here about from Curtis. He's saying, any other automotive YouTube channels we regularly watch? Regularly is the tough word there because there's just not a lot of time to watch a lot of other people's stuff. And like us, they're putting out stuff as fast as they can. So I'm lost in the sea of that. What I would say is there are people that I really like and I like what they do. And when they post something that I'm intrigued by, I'm like, I want to watch you talk about that. I like the Throttle House guys. I like uh, Matt Fair as a friend. So when he posts something that's a car that we're probably not going to get because he does the exotic stuff we don't. Yeah, I want to watch him definitely. talk about those. He did the MC20 recently and now we're jealous. So there's that. Um, the the <laughs> oh, Gears man. and Gasoline guys are really fun. They're friends of the show. I, li- I like their stuff a lot. Uh, we love and, Savage Geese. Our Sa- friends Savage, Savage Geese, Geese guys, guys are yeah. killing it. Yeah. And the Savage Geese, I'll be honest with you, that the fa- Savage Geese guys lose me somewhere in the middle. I'm like, you've talked above my head now. That's really cool. And I, yeah. I'm learning. And then speaking of learning, Jason Finsky at Engineering Explained, I, I can't keep up with Jason at all. And he's way beyond me on the whiteboard. I'm like lost three equations in. But man, when he talks about some stuff, I just want to sit there and watch. Absolutely. I, I just don't get the time to catch up on most we of it. We had uh, Jason Camisa on the podcast last His year in early killer. 2021. So anytime, I mean, he has ramped up the graphics and his approach to different things. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's taken a lot longer to do things and then, you know, able to carefully craft things. But we, we love Jason and what he's doing. His big budget Fantastic icon stuff. series is, is excellent yeah. stuff. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Jonathan G. Any chance Doug Demur on the podcast? We'd love to have him on. Uh, if you've got his contact information, definitely send us send it over. We, we could bug him. He probably yeah, we can definitely find yeah. him. Rabid Mars asks if BMW's eventual full electric vehicle electric vehicle production will naturally eradicate the Beaver Teeth. Secondly, will keeping the mm. Beaver Teeth on their EVs make it even more absurd? Have you seen the IX? Have you seen the Super Bowl commercial from 2022? It's already out, but the commercial's funny. It's just, really? That's, that's what we went with? This has plagued car design studios around the world for years, and it happens in anything you create. You're composing music, you're producing a piece of art, whatever that is. You're so insular and you're so close to it that there's not enough people or people in your group or you able to step back and think, do we like this? Are we on the right track? Every group needs did a we, naysayer. Did we do good? Yeah. What, what happened here? I mean, the yeah. 1964 Mustang, the clay modeler was Joe Ferrer, and I actually had him as an instructor at did Art really? Center. Many people did. Mm. Mm. And in later years, his hands would shake, but then when they touched the clay, they're amazing. Really? And it was kind of a joke with people. Okay. You know, he'd kind yeah, of yeah. come in with not quite sure, and you're like, don't screw up my model. And then he just do this perfect surface. It was <laughs> oh, that's fun. phenomenal that's to really watch cool. and learn so much about surface development from him. But he was the old guard, the old school before really the proliferation of 3d models and, and 3d uh, math, mathematical modeling. But I, I love that kind of stuff. I love the, the guys that could do that and then stand back and think, 
yeah, pat myself on the back. That, that looks pretty good. But there's so many cars now being turned over so quickly. And with the proliferation of digital modeling tools, mm. sketch tools to take to an initial model and then do quick digital modeling to see it visualized very quickly, it's almost like that soak time with the design has mm. disappeared. Mm. And I heard John Cleese, uh, he spoke at an art center event, I want to say 10 years ago, but he, he said in any profession, whether it was him doing the Monty Python movies mm-hmm. or anything like that, he said the designers and the artists and everybody who kind of waited until the due date, until the last minute to have enough soak time to mm. really think about the design, really take it in, the artwork, the script, the movie, you know, anything that they were creating. He says those were the projects that were the most successful. And I really took that to heart because okay. we're seeing so many cars come out so quickly. You're like, wow, well, that's a new model I haven't even heard of, Corolla Cross. Why? Why where did that come from? <laughs> but they're so able to respond to customer needs very quickly now with a, hey, let's stretch that chassis and, you know, turn the engine all-wheel drive and boop. You know, and it's hybrid and we can put it together so quickly. It's like, yeah, yes, it meets the market need, but did we do good? Or are we going to just need to wait for the second generation Beaver Teeth to refine and step away? Second so, generation of the teeth, really? Because of that, I feel like there's this insular thing going on at BMW where they're not able to step back and really, maybe it's for a particular market, but mm. I I continue to not see it. But it's it's everybody's saying that, you know, there's a few people that have written to us and say, I, I really like those beaver teeth, but there are a few people. I, I feel rough. like in every it's design rough. studio, we've talked about this on a few of the test drives. Every design studio needs a person that can be the naysayer. It needs to have enough freedom that somebody, but can not walk for the in. sake of polarity, not necessarily for a genuine, but, but like, there needs to look. be some freedom to have somebody come in yeah. outside of, of the insular world and just be like, is that attractive? Is it good? But see, then you're into focus groups, and then you're into scripted, and you're trying to steer not, it a certain I'm way. I'm not necessarily saying focus group. It I needs am to be saying, somebody just walking in. like, oh. you, know, you know what it's like? It's like the way Pixar does their films. Okay. Okay? Pixar has a group. I forget what they call them, but they've got a group of 12 or 14 filmmakers that are part of the Pixar team, and almost all of them have made movies for Pixar. Okay. So if you're a Pixar filmmaker, and, and keep in mind, all of these people I'm talking about are currently making a movie for Pixar, but you have your meeting with, let's just call them the 12, you have your meeting with them every mm-hmm. now and then regularly where you have to walk them through the storyboards of your film. You have to, to, to talk about the film. And they are all filmmakers in their own right, all talented in their own right, all working for the same company as you, right. but their purpose in that meeting is to pick your story apart. Not in a we don't like you, this is terrible way, but in a, in a, you know what? Between the first and second act, you need something that actually pushes that character, which we like, but is really thin, along mm-hmm. this direction. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of those focus grouped, and I mean internal focus group now, films from Pixar, their early stuff is so strong because they kept going back to that same group of established filmmakers. So where are, you have a Ford or a BMW, a big car mm-hmm. maker mm-hmm. that has a lot of designers can we have designers outside of the group of doing car X step into the room one day and be like, um, well, guys? they've got studios around the world, you know, they've you got the think. European studio, the you Asia studio. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, can we, you know, get all those people on and see what this studio is doing? Sometimes it's competition between mm-hmm. studios, but is this what script doctors are supposed to do? Or are they supposed to stay yeah. true? Because the script doctor could come in and be like, yeah, let me help you with some. Well, but see, plot. script doctoring is different because script doctoring is somebody covering their butt. 
this this okay. we like this okay. script very much, but we're going to give it to this guy who has been our script doctor all year for but everything. BMW Design Studio needs somebody to cover their butt. They do well. No, no, no cover the like, front. <laughs> it's not the butt we're worried about. It's the nose. You're right. It's not the butt at all. You're yeah. absolutely right. Matt, Lonachan, Matt, thanks for join, jumping on. At what point do we get the curb rash? Maybe a little contact with the car's bumper fixed on your wheels. Are you afraid you're just going to mess them up again? Asking for a friend. I am sorry <laughs> to hear you, man. you screwed up your wheels. Uh, a little ding here and there. Look, the Cayman had a ding on it when I got it. It's a used car. It's got a little shark bite out of it, and I don't love it, but I've tried not to make it worse. We've all seen wheels that are just awful and it's like okay you know just be a little bit more cognizant of the curbs and then you know get your wheel fixed but you know past two three dings that make it really noticeable but if it's just one or two i'd say it will almost make you drive the car and that was what happened on the front right fender of the 987 came in that i had my okay. first came in yeah yeah i got it from the owner with that ding in the fender i remember with the prior owner's mm-hmm. significant other probably just you know, open the car door right into the fender and I never got it fixed. Mm-hmm. My spin was that for the future owner, you can get it fixed like you want to and then you'll know how it got fixed. I and- actually saw <laughs> Paul pitch that to somebody once and thought, that is that is a long way around there, sir. Bravo. You know how it got fixed and then, you know, there's there's no question marks there. But it was a ding that I never ended up getting fixed because I could have, but it made me drive the car more and I thought, all right, I'm being too precious if I'm just going to let it sit and I'm not choosing to take it today. I, I think that is the key thing that we keep coming back to is we, we talk about how we want you driving your cars. And if cars are sitting, that's kind of a tragedy. We talk about this a lot when we drive our cars on the West Coast piece. Mm-hmm. I, I want to relate that to a, a question that we also got from Brian D. He said he has he loves having a weekend car for spirited driving, but he also likes preserving it. He currently has a 2013, listen to this now, 2013 Boss 302, Mustang Boss 302. Very cool car. With 2,800 miles. Boss 32s are awesome. Hundred miles in grabber blue, which is actually a That's great color amazing. On the car. He said uh, he, he feels like he bought that car and he can't drive it because he wants to maintain its current condition. Brian, Matt, there is no such thing as current condition. That's my stake in the ground for this podcast. There's no such thing. The, the car is going to have a worse condition than it does now, and that's kind of its reason for being. I'm not mm-hmm. saying trash your car. I'm not saying throw it all out. Who cares? Right. right. But stuff happens, mm-hmm. and your option is it sits there. I'm sorry, but 2,800 miles on that Boss 302 is a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. I'm yeah, sure it's, it needs to be driven. I'm sure it's beautiful, Brian. But if it never gets driven, it's not doing the reason it was made to be. And guess yeah. what? If you drive it, something, even tiny, is going to happen. And totally. that's okay because that's life in the car. Well, it's, you know, I know it's a Mustang Boss 302, but it's like when you see a Ferrari and you're thinking, ah, I wish this thing had a couple of something on it, meaning the owner enjoyed it and drove it, not just kept it and, you know, brought it out for shows. MC now, MCC now asks, why do we not mention the podcast, the YouTube channels, both of them, in the actual TV episodes? It's because of length. We have so much to cover. Todd and yeah. I usually put down, I've been guilty of 35 minutes to 40 minutes. The episodes are 22 minutes long, 21 and a half minutes long. They go to the frame. Yes. They are, they are to the frame. To the frame. Not any longer, not any shorter. They're 
21, exactly. 28, and 14 frames. 18 frames is our, is our actual max. So that is the difference seven. between any YouTube video that can yeah. just run at any length. And, you know, we cut it up, of course. But if there's something we said and we're just, all right, let's, you know, let that thought finish out. You can do that in a YouTube cut. Whereas a TV cut, you have to be on it. Mm-hmm. So we say so much and we want to get so much information out or opinions or driving experience about it. For us to say, additionally, here's the podcast. So, actually, what you'll see in Season 10, if you caught it on the Motor Trend Cable Channel, Todd actually took two of our commercial spots in two episodes so far and put our 60-second commercial Mm -hmm. in that slot that just looks like, you know, more of what we're doing, but it's all the other footage, and Mm -hmm. I thought it was a brilliant idea, man. Just cross-reference, Because that does cover, Mm -hmm. here's what we do. Here's the entire depth and breadth of the show. But within the TV episode it's a little harder to justify because we're to the frame. Now you could say re-edit it and recut it for YouTube, <laughs> which will happen in a few times, Sometimes, but that's extra work. The mm-hmm. music is already mixed. The color yeah. has to be redone. And so there's a whole lot of extra work just, you know, making the YouTube version. I'm so. the idiot that typically says <laughs> we got the TV version done, yeah. but there's a 30 minute version of that. I really should recut it. And then when I fall across the finish line yeah, of the next TV season, I'm like, you know what I I'm going to do? I'm going to post it like this. There's lots more stuff that we always say, but, but let's, let's be candid about the fact that we, we refine it so much. It's the key stuff that we really want to get across. Yeah. Channel manager Mark is asking about these shirts. He's saying he really wants another happiness, a head shirt or a daily triple shirt. He's wondering when they're back on blip shift. I will ask, and we will let you know on future podcasts, the one thing we do with, with blip shift, which they're great to us, that some people don't do is all of the designs on there, we are circling back on them with the exception of like cars that have left our life, but everything else is circling mm-hmm, back. So mm-hmm. the, the, the shirts that we're all wearing will all circle back and be offered again. I we don't Porsche. just offer them once and they never come back. Look how we big put these them on taillights are. Can you big, I, I love big yes. Porsche taillights. Can you believe yes, that? You cannot it's buy amazing. So, so they will come back around. We'll find out some details and we'll keep you informed as to which ones are current. But right now it's the Redwood ones. All right, Big J Dog Three says, "Can the ND two plus earplugs be a legitimate three hundred mile two three hundred mile a day two days a week highway car?" Drove it and loved it. Doesn't need more space, but man, it's noisy. Well, certainly. I mean, it's the nine twenty eight's noisy. I think the Z is a little bit noisy. It the is. Lotus, the Lotus Todd is keeps earplugs crazy like, noisy. You yes. know, scattered throughout the footwell yes, I, in, in you, the Lotus. You joke. I, when we did our big road trip, my son and I, we wore the noise-canceling headphones, but I keep two other sets of small little headphones in that car. So if I find myself without good ones, I'm like, wait, 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 where are they? I would say with the headphones, earplugs are fine, but they'll just they'll make your ears tired, whereas the headphones don't do that quite as much. So if you get that car and you want to put the miles on it and you love doing that, I would say invest in a good pair of noise-canceling headphones. And there's some now that are not over the ear. They're, they're down mm-hmm. in your ear, so they're yeah. kind of less obtrusive, and uh, hopefully they'll be more comfortable. Do we ever do reshoots, Josh Mal? Mm-hmm. We have when we've lost data. Yeah. We lost data on the 9-11 shoot. I think I forgot to turn on a camera or our card wasn't in there or something. But And we lost a section on the Corvette shoot, too. Apparently, our feature yeah. films is where this happens. <laughs> the difficulty is a lot of time, if the car leaves our life, we can't. I'll get into edit down yeah. the line and be like, I wish I had yeah. a, I'm not getting that car back. But if we still have access to the car and we find we've lost something, we definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> Just see our diamonds question. Smash the like button. <laughs> push the algorithm. Dude. Uh, views on views, yo. No, I got to be, I got to like do this with my phone anyway. Yeah. Right. Josiah is recommending Sony noise canceling earbuds. That's excellent. Uh, good recommendation there. 
And let's see, what else do we have? Trying to get to some of the other questions on uh, You guys are awesome. Thank you for all the questions. It's really, really good stuff. Let's see. Ray R. Peng is going to be visiting the Salt Lake City and Park City area later this month. Is there any good empty space to draw some circles or test out snow driving? We need more snow. That's the key That's thing. the issue right now. He's asking about, he's got all-wheel drive and Blizzax on his car. We don't know what car it is, but will the UMC autocross be worth it? Will it likely be snow covered? Interestingly, because Salt Lake is, what, 2,000, 2,500 feet We're at 6,500 and it's at 4,500, yeah. Than, uh, than Park City. So. Yeah. Further out to Tooele, where the track is, they do get weather out there, but it's probably going to be a cold, dry day is what you're looking at at this point. Yeah, but I, I sometimes we do snow. get that, but yeah, we definitely need snow, even though ski, ro- ski resorts have been uh, really They're great. They're making it. They're doing a good job yeah, so far. Yeah, they just push yeah. it around a little bit. <laughs> they are pushing it around. Uh, there's a question about how we got on TV. That is a d- answer for another time, but I do like the question. Thank you for that. Let's see here. Automatics on older cha- uh, older classics. He's looking at an auto E30. Depends a lot on the automatic. I mean, the problem with older automatics is that the manuals were almost always more fun, and the autos were. Th- that's where they got the name of slush box. They were this mm-hmm. slow shift thing, both up and down. They do the drag, and then they would shift. Depends a lot on the automatic. The, if you need an automatic and if the automatic doesn't bother you, I would say fine. They are a long way from a modern automatic and. The the thing about the E30 specifically is that it's not a powerful car. Even as an M3, it's not a powerful car. Right. So right. one of the things about having a manual in that car is is you feel like you personally are ringing out everything it's got. The auto is going to mute that a bit, but if if that's the only way you can get the car and you like it that way, go for it. Let's see here, a few more. Oh, uh, there's talk about the Enzo, and why is it ugly? <laughs> I saw that. I was I wondering if you were going so. to tackle that. I don't. I don't think it's a really attractive car, but I don't think Ferrari was a very attractive automaker from the 355 to like the 488. That whole era in there, I find almost all like, of those. This goes here. Seriously, I, all of those Ferraris I find yeah. striking, but yeah. not attractive. You notice them, and then I go, I there's I don't, presence. I don't know that I think I like that. So that's because of three, proportion. For me, it's three fifty five to four eighty eight. That is the desert of Ferrari for me. And now yeah. they're in a renaissance where just about everything they drop, I'm like, that's gorgeous. I have no idea what the name is because they don't keep track anymore. But that's gorgeous. <laughs> All we know is they're they break on track. Sadly, we've seen a few of that. Yeah. The new SF ninety yeah. on our track day for our Utah meetup. Some owner came by with a. Brand new, sparkly new SF90. Mm-hmm. Tracked for two laps, and then they couldn't oh. figure out why it wouldn't go anymore. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Corvettes and Porsches and everything else are like... <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Let's see. JD says, what is the modern-day equivalent to Saab, and why is it Genesis? I suppose so. Is it? Hmm. Uh, maybe. I had talked about this. Uh, I remember talking about Acura as far as just you know a car yeah. that is not really... You know, it's you for, want it's for the people that want that. Exactly. I, yeah, I think Genesis is broader than that. I like I like Acura a lot. I, th- I think so. Let's see. Are we planning on driving and comparing the Kona N from Jonathan Gower? Jonathan, we have heard great things about the Kona, uh, especially the N. We definitely want to. Right now, it's not part of our TV episode requests, but we hope it becomes part of the uh, the fleet rotation and, and comes through. So if we do drive it, it would probably end up here on the Test Drive channel just as a standalone car. But seriously, I love everything that Hyundai's do on their, their Headspace and, and Kia and Genesis. They're, they're amazing. And when I, I talked to somebody, a friend of mine just recently, and I was telling them, you should consider 
you know, one of their electric vehicles, you know, I think, I think they're really great. The, the styling is pretty out there. It's not for everybody, but I, I think, you know, what they're doing is, is pretty interesting. And then I said something about, I wouldn't buy that. And he said, because it's Kia. And I said, no, because of, mm. you know, some other reason. So it was just that that stigma is still there. That does hang on for sure. Yeah. There's uh oh man, it just, sorry, it just moved. It was a great question. Oh, by the way, Ian, I, I take your point. 458 was also a very attractive car. 430 looks like two cars that don't go together, fuse together. It, it's look at the 430 yeah. at just behind the mirror and tell me that's not two different cars, <laughs> but the 458, I'll give to you that that is also a really, really good one. Jihash is inviting us to Minnesota. Because you've got so much snow up there. Yeah, man, we need snow here. Ski resorts are doing great. Been having some great ski time. It's been very nice. What else? Uh, There's so many good ones. Oh, you know what? A couple last ones. I don't understand this question. Uh, McNow, he's too late to be a car guy. How do you go back and, and form his stupid past self to become a car guy like us? You're in the middle of a car conversation. How are you not a car guy? That's what I'm confused about. Well, there's one of our listeners to the podcast. He's probably listening right now. That is Dick B. He's in Florida. He's 80, maybe 82 by now. Mm. And he's a huge car enthusiast. He bought an M2. And tracks it. And he tracks it. Exactly yeah. right. So, Dick, shout out there, to you. There's, and there's no such thing as too late to being be a an car enthusiast your whole life. And the fact that you're here listening to these two idiots talk about cars. <laughs> exactly. And you're just part of this community. You're a car person for sure. Absolutely. Mm. Best steering feel under 30K. Miata's up there. 86 is up there. Yeah. yeah now, for sure. I want to say something about the Miata. There was a question earlier about, we, we talked about the GTI. We have a GTI piece coming out tomorrow right here on this channel, the Test Drive channel, that is our GTI Test Drive. That is separate mm-hmm. than the GTI Civic SI piece, which was a Comparo for Season 10. Yep. So Test Drive's yep. out tomorrow. We hope you'll watch that. Uh, thanks for the stuff you are watching already. We really, we so appreciate it. But the question was, we talked about the GTI at forty grand feels awfully expensive. Why aren't we ranting the same on the Miata? The difference is that the Miata you can get for cheap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the difference between the Miata cheap and, and expensive is like how much luxury do you want? The GTI doesn't feel that broad in the spectrum. And the one that they sent us was forty grand, which is what the Golf yeah. R used to be. Yeah. It's, if the Miata expensive. had a better model and you were there would be a place where you would spec the Miata to, to where it was just shouldn't shouldn't make sense anymore. You can do the bare bones Miata and it's a fantastic yeah. car. You can yeah. do the better Miata and it's fantastic. So under under thirty grand, I would say the Miata's got great steering feel, and so does the uh, eighty six. The early Caymans and Boxers have great steering feel because they are still hydraulic. For sure, for sure, that Cayman R is so. You special. get into things that are still hydraulic that are yeah. used that actually helps you as well. Brendan T is giving me an, an opportunity to talk about Grios. He's been on Grios site recently. They've got a lot of products. Absolutely, they've got even more targeted products like Track Spray, which actually is great when you're mm-hmm. at the track. I, I know it's crazy, but it, it works. <laughs> it because is yes. of the tire rubber that hits the the lower rockers and your rear fenders, your rear bumper covers. But he's asking if we wouldn't mind listing a few of listing a few of our favorite products that would be helpful. I come back to the basics and. Straight up speed shine is fantastic. They now have ceramic speed shine and ceramic windshield cleaner. And I love what they have done to dive into ceramics because everybody has said, oh, the ceramic coating, it's like $1,500. And Nick, who is, you know, slowly taking over from uh, from Richard mm-hmm. for the company, he has really invested a lot of research into doing this. And they are one of, 
a small handful of companies that actually have chemists and they actually create their own products. That is what's so impressive. So they're, they're looking at that and giving ceramic technology at an affordable level. It's not just like the ceramic coating for three grand and then, you know, don't touch it. They're giving us all of those products. Also the vinyl and rubber cleaner is excellent. It's and phenomenal. They're, they're leather cleaner for your seats. I who know nothing, vinyl, vinyl yeah, and rubber that is cleaner like the and the speed thing. shine. Yep. That, that I make sure I have a bottle of for sure. Two questions that relate to videos we've done. Seth Kleinman, and then I'm going to jump down to uh, uh, Beck as well. Beck is asking if we ever review the LC500. We have. There's uh, videos on the Test Drive channel of that. Short headline on the LC500. It is the best car Lexus makes. I really like it. It's gorgeous. It's very impressive to drive. The engine is wonderful. It is too heavy. For me, mm-hmm. it just feels big. I do like it, but it's too heavy. Seth says, we've driven the two-liter turbo, uh, Julia. We have a video of it, but without the paddle shifters, will we do a review of it with the paddle shifters? Here's, here's my confusion, Seth. We really like that car. We talk about it on the podcast all the time. We've re- recommended it in all kinds of two-liter forms to all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, driving with the paddles, I'm not suddenly going to be like, I like this car so much. We like it a lot. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> On video, we've said we like it a lot. Are the paddle? Yeah, it feels like a whole video for me to go, paddles are huge. I, I, <laughs> paddles I, are big. The, the, Julia the paddles are big awesome. song. I hope you yeah. have one because they're great. Beck Kovacci asks, if we've reviewed the Lexus LC500, will we get our hands on one maybe? We've actually reviewed two at the same time, the hybrid and the convertible with the tasty Mm -hmm. V8, Mm -hmm. and then we reviewed another convertible against the C8 convertible. So yes, we have talked about those cars. The two yellow cars are side-by-side on this test drive channel, so hopefully you find it there. Uh, Jeremy is asking uh, about the GTI. Is it dead on arrival in the Mark 8 version? Watch our test drive coming tomorrow. We talk about it a lot. (laughs) He says, is the (laughs) 7.5 GTI or the R on on a used version better? Is it worth stepping up to the to the Mark Eight? The the big and the Civic Type question, R, yeah. The big question there about that car is the new interface, which we first drove on the ID Four, and we ranted about how much we didn't like it on the ID Four, and now it is in the GTI, and that is a big strike against it. It looks modern. It doesn't work well. We are far from the only ones to say this. I think that is the problem that holds it back. I think otherwise the Mark 8 is really interesting and you could maybe justify the price. But if you're justifying the price, you don't want to be annoyed by the screen. It's really hard to not be annoyed by that screen. Yeah. the Yeah, the Civic Type R is coming and the Acura Integra is coming. I mean, same kind of thing, maybe yeah. with all-wheel drive, but yeah. that's coming. Volkswagen, also company. Come on, step it up. All their attention is over here on the ID4s and the ID5s and all the With a bad stuff. interface. With the same bad that, interface. I mean, that, yeah. if you're going to go electric, that's fine, but the interface has got to be really good. Uh, Shio Zeline asked, what is the most BMW-ish model? Well, Todd called it. It's on this channel. It's the Mini Cooper John Cooper Works. <laughs> that is the best cheap BMW, absolutely. <laughs> and somehow it's front-wheel It's just drive. the best straight-up BMW model right it, now. It is, it is the entry-level BMW for sure, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yes, we will still recommend the Chevy Bolt despite the battery issues. GM is solving those. And most every, and I'm not excusing it, by the way, but most every electric car maker has had an issue with their batteries. Mm-hmm. Phone makers have had issues with their batteries. Well, These yeah. lithium-based yeah. batteries have a tendency to get quite hot and have you know little little fire issues. So I, I think it's horrifying that the Bolt has had that issue, but I yeah. do know we know many Bolt owners that love them. I know We know a few Bolt owners that have written us that have had their batteries swapped out and are very happy. I think it is worth it for sure. 
Frazier, Haber, thank you so much for uh, for the support. Really appreciate you guys jumping on here. Plans for any new merchandise? Yes, we mentioned at the top of the podcast. You can check check Blipshift. They just introduced Todd 300 Z, and then the 928 shirt is coming out. Back to Stuttgart. Back to the Back to the Future yes. shirt, which it's is very, pretty cool. It's, bo- it's Bond to Stuttgart. Yeah, bo- Bond to it's, Stuttgart, it's, for it's sure. It's very fun. It's really, really fun. So that's coming out. And then, uh, yeah, we're jumping into... Filming for season eleven, which I can't uh, can't believe already. I'm, I'm we have some big stuff coming, guys. Not only just these big road trips, which we're yeah. very excited about. We have some other. We can't quite reveal it yet, but in the coming weeks, we have a pretty big reveal oh, and a lot yeah, of stuff we're so covering. Cool. That, that we're uh, we had a big conversation before we started this podcast about the fact that we couldn't talk about it yet because I don't want to. I, I want to be able to go. Here's what we're doing mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we like. We didn't want to. We we had a whole literally this week, guys. We had a whole behind the scenes conversation about do we. Do we Instagram that picture? Do we put it out? We're like, no, it's no. It's so juicy. No, no, no. Oh, We're going to wait until juicy. we have actual content for our new release, and that's going to be really, really cool. Thank you guys so much for being with us for a live podcast. Thanks for finding us here on the Test Drive channel. If you're not subscribed to Test Drive videos, we would really, really appreciate it. This channel's growing nicely. Yes. We have our original yes. channel. In case you don't know, the original YouTube channel is roughly every other week on the original Everyday Driver channel, and that is reserved for TV episodes coming to YouTube and our big long-term car series. Right now, it's our cars of the past. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that on the original channel. The Test Drive channel is when the two of us are in the car at the exact same time, like this podcast, which is why we're now putting the podcasts here. And we're just doing this banter about a single car by itself. And then, of course, the TV stuff is twice a year, and then we we work it through the whole pipeline, and we get it to you guys as fast as we can. Super quick lightning round. Hal asks, are there any new dad C6 stories from you? It's winter, so that's cars probably parked, he, right? He hasn't driven it that much. He asked me recently has my car gone up in value? And I was like, you're not selling it, are you? But he was just, he, here's the thing. It, it, gave, it, it, it warmed his heart to know he hasn't lost money on it. I'm glad to hear I that. I don't think it's going anywhere because here's the crazy thing. My mom likes driving it more than he does. Which is great. Yes, Which my mom great. just like shows yes. up. I'll get a text yes. from my mom. She's like, I'm, I'm down the block running errands. Can I come say hi? And I'm like, I, I guess. And she pulls in and the vet is like, hi, how you doing? I'm like, what? Just, okay. All right, great. Glad you like it. Quickly, Apollo asked, what's next after the Cayman? Am I sticking with Porsche or going Japanese? I haven't really decided yet. There's a long waiting list for Z06s, and I've made noises about that, but we'll you see. You have made we'll noises see. about that. I, uh, and then there's 911s, which are cool, but Caymans are such the better driving experience, and uh, I was even thinking about going back to a Cayman R, but those have shot up in price. So. Everything is up right now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts. Craziness, yeah. And then uh, what's left? Well, I'm going to answer Michael Moore's question. Is there a manufacturer other than BMW or Subaru, Fuji Heavy Industries, that you would like to see partner with Toyota for a new model mm. right there yeah yeah mr2 what what's the yeah what's the mr2 mm. yes mid-engine that becomes that the concept. porsche entry level they yeah. debuted and mm-hmm. then they could yeah mm-hmm. offer it over here as a lower cost porsche for people to experience the brand experience fun lightweight mid-engine cars and uh yeah we'll see if you haven't gotten your question answered, we really appreciate it on here. These are great. Thank send you it to so us uh, when we ask for questions on social media mm-hmm. on Mondays and Thursdays as well, or send us. Uh, well, don't send us an email because those are our car debates and topic Tuesdays. <laughs> but send us uh, send us the question again because we want to cover it. And thank you very much for your support. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Definitely catch our GR86 plus Miata RF piece that just dropped on YouTube today, and hopefully you enjoy it and uh, give us a comment. And I and I will say one last thing. This is. I don't like to say I want to mobilize you guys very often because I want to be really reserved about that. However, our our big four corners pieces, I'm going to ask you guys, 
right now Thank and you. going forward. When Thank we you, drop yes. one of those, we're going to give you as much lead time as we can for when it drops on YouTube. That 24, 48-hour lead, lead of those is going to be so vital. I'm going to flat out ask you if you've seen it before. I want you to watch it again when it drops. It's going to have extra stuff for YouTube. That is a recut. Uh, yeah. I want you to and pass it on everywhere you can think of because it's an oddball. It's not like here's two cars you obviously want to watch because they're Lamborghinis yeah. and they're compared. It's these old like, cars yeah. and it's a road trip. So it's not just a straight up review. But those of you that have watched it have responded very well. So we're going to ask you flat out to share it with friends and to watch it again when it, when it posts. Coming up in a few weeks. I'm just, I like that piece. I just hope it plays well. Yep, for sure. Anyway, looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.